And welcome back to another episode of Grounded with Brandon and Craig. It is a kind of a steamy Monday morning here in central Ohio. I am Brandon. And I am Craig, and I'm hot right now. It yeah. is warm. It you is right warm. about that. It is warm. Um, yesterday was warm. This morning mm-hmm. I came out, it was warm. I look at the re- <laughs> forecast, it's warm. It's get hot. It just says warm. I yeah. mean, it's like 92 or 4 or something on Thursday, so yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody said yesterday to me, well, at least, at least it's not cold and snowing. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. Freezing and cold and snowing is bad, but if you get hot and humid and you can't hardly be outside and breathe, it's just as bad on the other side. Yeah, and so. I'm looking up right now. There's a special, a special, special, easy for me to What'd say. What'd you say? Special, special, special. Yeah, see, there's a special weather statement until Monday at 4 p.m. So that's today, today four. right? Okay, today. Hot four. and humid conditions this afternoon and evening. Oh, that's in all capitalized. So, is it really? Yeah. So is that why you read it so fiercely? It is. Okay. The combination of a heat and humidity will result in heat index values in the mid and upper 90s mm. during the afternoon and evening hours. Take extra precautions if you work or spend time outside. So if you ever want to know what it feels like in Naples, Florida, today's the day, right? Today, <laughs> today is, is the day. The day. <laughs> I'm only going to get up to 86 today, but it's still with humid. tomorrow's not going to be bad. Yeah, the humidity's crazy. But then I saw Saturday supposed to be like, what, 74 or something like that? 75. Yeah, so there's that. Um, that, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. But um, we're um, we're sitting here in, on a hot day, and you know we're going to turn around a few months from now. We're going to be like, outside it's snowing and it's cold, and I, you wouldn't believe the what it was when I had to come in here today so like, you know i guess i guess we'll take that is oh, frightful gosh. well we we've always said that after the fair service it just seems like it you know turns two into christmas and yeah. we're right into christmas again so it does um but can you believe we're less than two weeks away from the fair service no and i'm not ready what's that mean i'm not ready for this weekend no you're not you know we've got it we've got a saying around here sunday's coming well, that saying this week is getting me a little nervous. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so just subject. just so just so y'all know who's listening right now, um Brandon is um speaking this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be it'll go great, it'll be awesome. He'll do a fabulous <laughs> job, but he's not yet begun. Oh, I've begun, but he's known about this for months. I have. So he's, he's like, oh, I'm just under so much pressure. And I was like, you know known pressure. for a long time, bro. I'm like. <laughs> but. Yeah. When other things pop up that are more important that you've got to do them. And then this gets slid to the back burner. And Well, I got more. I got important things to do this week, too. I'm, I'm quote, air quotes right now. I'm going to Dublin Methodist this week, too. So Oh, another vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good yeah. for you. This uh-huh. uh, will put you out. More weekends than me, officially. I don't think for the so. Year. Nope, it will. Really? How many Sundays will you be gone this weekend? This is. I'm only going to be gone one. I know, but how many for the year? This is the first one. Bull. Okay, second. Bull. Okay, third. Exactly. <laughs> third. I've missed two. <laughs> well, yeah, but you day wise, you've been more. I'll, I'll agree. I'll give you that. Yeah, day wise, I will give you that. So yeah, we're uh, we're actually not. Ta- I'm, I'm taking off tomorrow because I got to get ready to go. Leave Wednesday because we're we're actually camping mm-hmm. for four days. Good for you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Humid. But we're heading up to Amish country. You know, Amish country is is a good place to go. And yes, it is. Good food, and so I plan to do a little bit of eating and a little bit of whatever. I expect some pictures. 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to see. Of your some. food. I send you pictures of my food oh, all the that, time. This is true. And, um, one of my favorite places to eat in Ami's country is a place called Mrs. Mrs. Yoder's, Yoder's Kitchen. It's good. And I love it. And if you're ever up in Ami's country, you should go. She's got a buffet there. And it's all like, um, they have a sign that hangs behind the buffet that every single thing that you eat has come from Ami's farms. Local, yeah. It's all local. So yeah. the eggs that you eat, the, the lettuce, the uh, cabbage, the uh, meatloaf, the chicken, all of it is comes from – and you can tell. That's that really, really good. beef is so good. Dad loves the, the beef, like roast beef. Yeah, they got good roast beef. But, you know, I was actually telling Anita yesterday what I'm looking forward to. I love the meatloaf there. She has great meatloaf. Okay. Have you ever had it? No. You should try it. It's I'll really, really good. I mean, it's that big it, – it's always there. And then I always get the chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, the chicken's good. Chicken is really good. And um, But, um, you know – and then their pies are really good too. Yeah. Oh, that's Maybe that's where we'll eat here in a few weeks. So we're going to be up there in three weeks, um, just for a Friday night, Saturday, come back Saturday afternoon when I go run my half marathon up there. Now, how exactly does that work? Um, for those of you who, um, are, what's the term? Grannies. How does that work? I mean, what what kind of outfit do you wear and shoes? I mean, do you ditch the shawl in the Afghan? And I ditched the shawl in the Afghan. Okay. Um, um, what kind of? Do you remember <laughs> what? You remember Richard Simmons? Oh, sweat yeah. sweating to the oldies. Oh yeah, yeah. My outfit, nothing like that. I just okay. wanted to put that image in your mind. Yeah, I told somebody. The, I told somebody the other day that when you run. Um, <laughs> That you wear the Richard Simmons shorts, shorts. The, the pink and striped, the pink and white striped. <laughs> and I said, you know, the short shorts. And they're like, you're kidding me. And I was like, yes, I'm kidding you. I'm they're kidding like, <laughs> you. Oh gosh. Yeah. That, that would yeah. not happen. No, I hope not. If, uh, yeah. So yeah, okay, uh, that's, uh, that's, what is that? The Three weeks? Tenth? Uh, the ninth. Yeah. So we go up, we've got an Airbnb house we're staying at in, uh, Berlin, Millersburg, one or the other. And, uh, so we're going to go up, uh, Friday evening. Um, I do my packet pickup that night, and then the race. I think it starts at seven a.m. Saturday morning. So, wow. hopefully by like nine, 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 ten, I'm eating a bowl of noodles because I get a free bowl of noodles after I finish. Really? I'm gonna be honest. After I finish running thirteen point one miles, the last thing I want to do is eat. I experienced that in in April with my half marathon in Columbus. I was like, yeah, I really don't want to eat these chicken wings and pizza that you're giving me for free. So we get to hear about the lead up to the uh to his run, but what really the joy we get is after the run. Oh yeah. When we start hearing about my aches and, and pains my aches and, and my, my pains and my blisters. My ear and my earrings hurt my ear and my ears just seem out of whack and have you seen my eyebrows? They just seem not to be the same and He's about ready to hit me. You are a you are a piece of work. I I will say what I'm just playing with you. Anita has to be a saint to have to put up with you. She is Saint Anita. <laughs> That's true. Saint Anita. See, maybe maybe we can elect you to Saint Sainthood, Brandon. Saint Brandon. Saint Granny. 
Say granny. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been yeah. we've been we've been uh, having a good time with that this week because I have we've been sending <laughs> the granny shots of uh, from uh, Tweety Bird back and yeah. forth when something happens. But he sent me a Snapchat with these glasses that look like the granny glasses, yeah. and he put uh, granny s on there. Granny so s. only thing he needed was the white hair and the afghan wrapped around him. So oh, I've but, got the white hair too. I'll wait. You? you just wait. Christian's got that Santa Claus outfit. Outfit. That's oh, where those glasses came from. Kennedy's been wearing them around. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So, so um, you uh, things have been going well, and yeah, we had a good day yesterday. And had a very good day yesterday. Yeah, I felt like the the atmosphere was really good. People were engaged. I couldn't get people to stop talking for. Well, service. the more people that you have, the better the atmosphere. Oh, absolutely. It's like when you go to. A, I mean, I know taking away the spiritual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go to a ballpark. That oh, seats yeah, forty five thousand people, and there's only eight thousand. Yes, not as not the not same. as great. But if you go to a ballpark. And it seats forty five thousand, and they're standing room only. Yep, different yep. atmosphere. It's like World Series atmosphere. Yep. And so, same here. We've had been a little light because of vacations. Mm-hmm. And everybody squeezing in the last thing before school. But yesterday we were kind of back to where we yep. where we've been, and um, it's always good. And you can tell. Yeah, exactly. People sing better. They, they listen better. Right. It's just a different atmosphere. It is. So. Yeah. Speaking of a baseball park, we went uh, to the Great American Ballpark on Friday evening. Oh, there you go. Down in your neck of the woods. There you go. Um, watch the Reds play the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, one of the best baseball plays I've seen in a while took place. And I don't know if you saw any highlights from that game. No. But one of, one of the people, obviously I'm a Braves fan. If I had to pick a second favorite team, I'd be the Reds just because we get to go watch them. Um, you know, every year or two, we, we'll go down to a game. But, um, I wanted to see, I was excited to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. play. Just because I was actually hoping he'd hit a home run, just I wanted to see because dude can hit. Um, he's not not quite as good as his dad, I don't think, but just no. the hype because of his, his name. His dad was up. playing today with the caliber of play, um, and you take senior and dump him into today's game, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to contain him. Oh no, I absolutely. mean he would be um, he would be uh, unbelievable. Yep. But anyway, so he plays first base. Reds had a runner on first base, and one of their batters hit a pop-up sky high in the infield right down the first baseline. And Guerrero Jr. gets under it, and he's looking up, and you see him kind of glance down the line back toward home plate. The runner had given up. He, He made it like three steps out of the batter's box. Junior walks past the ball, lets it hit the ground, throws to first, they end up doubling him up because the um, the runner that was on first was just a few steps off first base. Was it a what, that was an infield fly? No, there was only a runner on first. Okay, infield flies first and second. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Two runners on, and so but what a play! I mean, wow, he doubled him off because the guy was there's no way he's gonna make it to first before he threw him right, out. right. And then your runner that was on first was in no man's land because it was a pop up. He was right. expecting him to walk right back to first after Junior caught it, and uh, just a super smart. Heads up play, doubled him, doubled yeah, him up and that. got out of the inning. Didn't see that. And there was a guy in front of us, stood up and just yelling to the top of his lungs, that's why you always run. That's why you run. <laughs> that was worth admission there, just watching some of the fans. But, um, yeah. it was, uh, when I was working down the regular, it was probably 2011 or 12. I was, um, down in, uh, section 127 and a friend of mine is a, um, was an usher there at the time. And so he, um, 
I was down close to the field. Him and I were talking, and the game was going on. And um, I can't remember who hit the ball, but they hit a ground ball to third. And um, the person, the Reds player, is just jogging down first base, not, yep. not pressing it or anything. Well, um, the third baseman bobbled the ball, mm. bobbled the ball, bobbled the ball. And and the throw was high, and the first baseman jumped up and still came down and still got him out. Wow. Like he shouldn't have got out. No lie. The guy that was standing like two feet from us stood up, and he was like, you idiot. Pete would have run that out. Talk about Pete Rose. Yeah. And at that point in time, Pete Rose hadn't played baseball in almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're still yelling about the big red machine. Right. Exactly. That was, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. But, um, you know, it's like, it it is annoying when you don't run those out because you think, um, what was the, um, I can't remember if it was Mike Schmidt, um, or it was one of the old Phillies. I think it was Mike Schmidt said, you, you have to, Always run out a regular ground ball or whatever you're going to. He said you can never dog it because he said, unbelievably enough, nine out of ten times, they're always going to throw you out. But right. it's the, one, it's the time one time that you'll get on base and that's the – you'll be on base and you'll be the one one, one to score the winning I'll say run. That could be the difference in the game and right he said, there. So you always got to play like it's your last ball game. Yep. He said play like your your life depends on it. Yep. And then he, ref- he actually referred to Pete Rose. He said that's why you know when, when the Phillies – before they got Pete, he said we we were we were in the playoffs like three consecutive years. Right. But he said we didn't have that um, drive to get us. We were great, but he said we weren't excellent. And he said uh, what we what Pete brought to the ball game was like play every game like it's the very last game you're ever going to play, and like your life depends upon it. And he said once that turned around, we won the World Series. So exactly. And I, I think it's true. I think when you get into sports, you 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 have to do that. I, I you look at that even from a spiritual side of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, live every day like it's your last day. Yeah, you give it your all. Like, could you imagine if we live, if every single person who said that they were a Christian and they believed in Jesus, they believed the Bible, they believed that the Spirit lives inside of you, can you believe, uh, can you imagine what would happen if all of us would live like this is our last day on the planet? Right. Because the problem is we don't do that. Oh, I got years. I've got tomorrow. I've got, yeah. 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 We don't think like that. But what, but you know what? Could they? Today could, it could be. I'm planning on going out of town this week, mm-hmm. but guess what? Today could be my last day, and I mean, I'll definitely be going out of town. But it exactly, won't be, it won't be Amish country. Right? <laughs> it won't be Amish country. Um, you know that's so true. And we talked about last week. You know, you, the scriptures. There's multiple, two or three scriptures that talk about you know, in a race, everyone runs. You mm-hmm. know, but you run to mm-hmm. win the prize. You know, that's what essentially you you got to run the ball out. Mm-hmm. We got to run to win the prize. You you run for you know, the end of the race to reach that goal that you're mm-hmm. after. And you're right. So many, you know, Christians even lollygag through life. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you can't have downtime. Oh, absolutely. Because you can because even Jesus had downtime. 100%. I mean, Jesus had to get away to go to spend time with God. And But I think sometimes our downtime doesn't include God. Right. And I think our downtime needs to it include, needs, yes, we need to spend time with God. Because let's admit, I mean, uh, can I just be honest about the whole ministry thing? I think people are like, oh, it has to come easy for you. Right. Doesn't. No. It doesn't mm-hmm. come easy for me at all. In fact, um, in fact, being a minister actually gets in my, gets in the way of my walk with God. Right. And I hate that. Right. Because there's so many things that like I preach about, don't let something pull you away from God. Well, 
the ministry can pull me away from God. I don't know about you, yep. but it can pull me away because it becomes all about ministry. Right. The next doing thing. God right. things, but God's not involved. It, Does that yeah. make sense? No, absolutely. And so you're doing a lot of talk about God. You're talking to people about God. You're marriage counseling and people are having hard times with grief or they're having a hard time with this. And, and so you sit down with them. And you're talking lots and lots about God stuff, but yet inside of yourself, you get down the road. And you're like, well, I'm helping everybody else are doing this, but I'm not really right. And you have to really take time. That's why Jesus was such a, um, so smart. We're just, you know, he went off to the mountain. He went off to go by himself. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like, um, you know, what, what do you have to do to get with God? Right. And so, and it's going to look different for different people, you know, but that is why we encourage you, you know, dig into your Bible, read your Bible, um, you know, spend time in prayer with God. And for those of you that are married out there, I would encourage you to read the Bible together. You know, Allie and I have been doing that again, and, and it strengthens your relationship. And sometimes it's nice to read the Bible with somebody else because, you know, you read it yourself, and it's like, oh, okay, that was good. But if you read it with somebody else, you, you have a conversation about it, and, you know, that person may bring up something that you don't really think about. And it's like, oh, I guess I've not thought about that like that. So when Allie's uh, reading the Bible, are you like, um, you have that like bullhorn thing to your ear, like, what was that, sweetie? Yes. I, what? It is. <laughs> it is. So you're like, I wanted to show you this. Um, I thought, you show me. Yes. Okay. So Stott from, uh, I can't think of his first name. Stott is his last John? name. John? Play, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Plays for the Phillies. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, he had they. There were some back to school bats recently. One of the best baseball bats I've seen in a long time that he had made. It's a back to school bat. It looks like a number two pencil. Oh wow! Isn't that cool? I, that would be distracting though as a pencil as a uh, pitcher. Like it's got a pink end. It looks like an eraser and it says BK it does. BK or B two. SKL, like back to school. And so like the, uh, like where he's holding is like the, uh, the lead. The lead. Yeah. yeah it's cool. black down I at like the bottom. That. I like that. It's pretty neat. That so. is pretty cool. Um, but it's but, almost funny. I, I, it's crazy that Major League Baseball let him do that. Right. I mean, right. unless they're getting more, you know, whatever loose. Well, they are, you know, Major League Baseball. It's, it's true. It's awesome. It's true. Pitch clock and. <sighs> Runner on second if you go into extra innings. Thought we were going into extra innings Friday night. I'm like, I'm Did you tired. hear what they're trying to, and, and what they want to do in 25? Oh, what? That if they, if they go into the 14th inning, anything up to the 14th inning, like 13 innings, but 14th inning, there's no longer a pitcher. They're putting it on a tee and you hit it from a tee. Did you know that? That's what they're trying to do. Tell me you're joking. I am. Okay, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it's believable, right? It is believable. I, after the last couple of years, and then we went down the Clippers game and saw what they were trying out down there with, um, you can challenge strike, ball and strike calls. You get so, like three challenges a game. It's like, really? Just play the game. Just play ball. Play the game. Just play ball. Tell just you what. Yeah. They didn't have that in the sand lot. Just saying. Just no, saying. No, not at I all. I sent you, uh. Dude, I had you, I had you though, didn't I? You did. I, I had was, I was he, getting, was, he was shaking his head like, what? I was, I was getting <laughs> ticked. Did I send you that picture last week? I gotta find it now. It was, uh, the picture of the, the catcher from, in now. Oh, yeah, 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 you the, showed me. It says the yeah. greatest power hitter in history posing for a photo with Mike Trout. And it's Mike Trout standing next to the actor that played the catcher in the sandlot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that's that awesome. Was pretty good. 
That was really good. Yeah, I guess they got together recently in the last year or so, a couple years for a um, 25-year reunion. Wow. 25 years, The Sandlot. Wow. That that movie's timeless though. Like my kids love that movie. Do they? Yeah, they'll walk around going, L Is that the one with Wendy Weenie. Peppercorn? Yeah. 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 So Yeah, that's a funny movie. It is awesome. And the guy, the little geeky guy with the glasses. Squints. Is that he's the one that ends up uh like, Marion Marion Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, they it. Yeah, yeah. get married and have like eighty five children. <laughs> exactly. Okay, it was like eight, seven, something like that. But right, still. right. Yeah, that is a fun movie. It's a very good movie. So yeah, um, I um, you know, before we get into our discussion yesterday, um, we had we were needing some help during, for some volunteers mm-hmm. um, here at church. And um, there's a uh, if you didn't get a chance to be here yesterday, or if you were and you didn't pick up one of the sheets that's in the welcome center, I encourage you to do that. Uh, or looking, you can go online. Okay. To our richwood.church slash volunteer, or you can just go to richwood.church and then click the volunteer button. Oh, awesome. Okay. And there's a page with almost the identical thing on there. Perfect. And, uh, but we need help in, in like, uh, several areas in, uh, children's ministry, and they're all specific needs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's open ended. So, right. um, and so it's children's ministry, it's student ministry. It's a uh, uh, women's ministry and also worship ministry. Correct. So each thing has its needs. And then also our hospitality, you know, needs some help uh, with uh, door greeters and uh, things like that. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, uh, go to uh, our website and go to the volunteer page and you can do that. Or you can pick this up at church and you can check off with where you want to help. You can drop it off in the safe um, in the hallway and or leave it at the welcome center and We'll, we'll we'll hook you up and get you in the right place to to serve. So absolutely, um, but yeah, yesterday we had a very good day. I thought, and um, it was um, I can't believe we're down to one more week for the series grab bag because we we started this back in the very first Sunday of um, J- July. Yeah, right. Yep. So we're 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 talking what? Nine, I wasn't here nine weeks. I wasn't here that Sunday or the week after. Valid, valid point. I was. He was at Dublin Methodist again. I was driving through about West Virginia, North Carolina, Virginia, when you, you? called, or not when you called, when you were preaching. I was probably in Virginia by then. Yeah. Yeah. So this has ended up being a nine-week uh, series. Right. The next one we're going to do is going to be ten weeks. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So we're, we've got some big, uh, lengthy uh, um, yeah. series is coming up. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to close this out. You're going to you're closing this out with the topic. Um, are you Are you lost? Lost. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking about my, some of mine and your favorite people in the entirety of Scripture, the Israelites oh, okay. in the Old Testament, wandering through the desert. Oh yeah, they do wonder. They wonder. But they did it themselves. They they put themselves in that wilderness situation, and that's what we're going to be talking about is, you right. know, are you lost? Are, are you put, placing yourself in a wilderness situation because of da-da-da-da-da? Have you so turned a uh, two-week trip into 40 years, exactly. basically? Pretty much. And that's what they did. Yeah, they did. I mean, you took a 14, 14 15, day journey, 16-day yep. journey to and turn it into 40 years. Right. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Not 20 years, but 40. There's some stuff. Like, I was actually reading back through that last week, and I told you this the other day. It's like, there's some stuff that you forget about in that account. Right. Like, Moses was brutal. Moses comes down off of, and maybe you need to talk about this, I don't know, with with the Ten Commandments stuff. But Moses comes down off the mountain, and the first time, when he comes down with the first set of commands that he ends up shattering because he got ticked at the people because they had 
created the golden calf and Aaron had helped him and they were worshiping this golden calf. They're like, hey, this is our God. You you kind of remember all of that stuff and Moses smashing the tablets. What I forgot about was Moses took the golden calf, he melted it down, he ground down what he melted, he sprinkled it in water, and he made, made all the people drink, drink the water. He's not jacking around. No. You know what? I would um I would have done the same thing. I could see that. I could see that exactly. Right. The um, that would be uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Moses, <laughs> he just went like he, he snapped. Moses, was like you want you, you want to worship the calf? Yeah. All right, here, how about drink it? Drink exactly, it. just drink it. <laughs> crazy stuff. I would have loved to seen the faces of like the his uh, what do you call it? His leadership team, right? When he says we're going to grind this up and make it drink, make them drink it. I bet I bet Aaron's face was like. Huh? Right. Yeah, and then there's the other part here where um and and I sent a snap to the, to you of this. I said, "Do you think there's any correlation between 3000 Israelites being killed here versus 3000 people being baptized in the on the day of Pentecost?" Um but it says, you know, the Levites obeyed Moses's command and about 3000 people died that day. Um the Levites killed 3000 people that pretty much were still rebelling and said, "No, we're we're not on God's side." And they went through the camp and killed for some of them brothers right. and you know cousins and fathers and all that stuff. It's like three thousand people died. Well, this will be a good uh, pre-ramble to the Ten Commandments, exactly written in stone. Because I think, um, oh man, I, if there's any group of people that we can relate to, it's going to be this group of people. Because, and the more that I look at the Israelite people and I look at what God did um, by handing out the Ten Commandments. Those things are timeless. Oh, exactly. I, I mean, those things are timeless. I mean, if 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 you and me and the rest of the world would just follow the yep. Ten Commandments, yep. I can't tell you how much easier our life. Oh, would absolutely. Be. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Covet. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, everything that we need is right there in the Ten right. Commandments, and it's any wonder that Satan has those things removed yep. off of um, schools, oh, and office buildings, and government buildings yep. because he doesn't want you to look at that. He doesn't want that to be what it what it is because he knows if you follow those, guess what? Your life's going to be what Jesus says. I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest, right. or have it abundantly. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I'm hoping and praying that people will look at this and and uh, and apply the Ten Commandments, even what you're going to do for Sunday, um, just the um, just with the Israelite people and in the correlation with us that we're we're going to be able to look at the Ten Commandments and apply them to us to to understand that you know somebody might say, well, I've never committed adultery, but have you ever right. had lust right. in your heart? Exactly. Have you ever thought of another woman or another man in a sexual way? Well, yeah. then guess what? You've committed adultery. Right. Is what and, Jesus says. And here I was going to say, and here's it's not just in the Old Testament, but it's Jesus, in the New Testament. Jesus talks about that. Have you ever stole anything? Have you ever have you ever coveted mm -hmm. something else? Have you ever worshipped an idol? Somebody says, oh, oh no. We, we think, well, I've never created a golden calf we no we haven't we think we've come such a long way but i, I was just going to be honest with you if you come to church you can actually worship an idol mm -hmm. you can worship a building you can worship um what you set on you can worship the way a service goes you can mm -hmm. worship a song you can worship stained glass windows mm -hmm. you can worship whatever you may not see it that way right it's 100 what it's because if you put anything above god yep. and you make that a test of fellowship yep. for everybody else that now has become your idol. That's oh, exactly. your golden calf. Yeah. And, and so. even beyond church, it could be your car. It could be your car. It could be your, your pit boss smoker. It could be your kids. Yep. It could be your spouse. Mm -hmm. It could be a sports. It could be kids' sports. A hobby. 
And, you know, I, and I've talked with people about that before. Like, it would be very easy for me to create an idol out of hunting. Here's know? the thing, uh, and I know, I know, I had have had some people get tweaked at me, especially when you? it comes to kids' sport. Especially when it comes to kids' sports, the time and the effort that people put in on that and the money. And here's the thing, and I'm just going to say this: if you put more time into your kids' sports, yep, then you do God. That's your idol. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't, you can't, I'm sorry, that's what it is. And so you, we have to be very, very careful in the balance. So I'm looking forward to the series, and I'm looking forward to the series because I've already been convicted actually even studying on it already because right, right. I'm very convicted on some things because, um, you know, you should have no other gods before me. That That's huge. It is. That's huge. I mean, we don't think of it like that. Mm-hmm. We Again, we think of idols. We think of tiki gods. We think of whatever. Right, but we don't right. think of... There's other gods. Exactly. There's other gods. I mean, so we have to be very honest about that. So um, we should get going on the on yesterday because we're going to be— We're like 30 minutes in. I know, right? But anyway, yesterday um, I wrapped up my part of the series. You did. With, I, I wanted to sing a song during the countdown. I almost did it. I decided not to, but I almost sang Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. Do you know Johnny Cash sings a song called Wanted Man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I've actually heard that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, he doesn't sing it anymore. He sang a song. No, I, what do you mean? He still he sings it when I play it. Oh, okay. Dude, he still lives. He's, he lives on. You know he's been dead 20 years. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. Um, but we, we the kind of the the title, well, it wasn't kind of, it was. The it title was, was are, you, are You a Wanted Man? And... Um, the thing about it is, is when you when you start talking about like uh, something like this, you know, women have a tendency to check out, and people have a tendency to check out because you're like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. No, 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 no. Everything applies to everything, right? I, even if you're talking to men, the the principle of you know, even the first scripture, Micah six eight, God has shown you, oh man, what is good, and you can put a woman in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, y- Everyone needs to just to listen to God's word and not try to say this doesn't apply. This to doesn't me. apply to me, folks. Yeah. It applies to everything. Yeah. I don't care if we're talking about guys or ladies or kids. It applies to everything, and you mm-hmm. have to look at it that way. You got to allow God to work, right? Because what you're doing is you're like you've put the roadblock up. I don't. I don't have to listen. Maybe right. God wants. Maybe there's one line or one verse that you're going to hear. It's going to totally change the way you right. think. Right. You got to open yourself up for. Uh, for that, but um, I think this is an important verse for everybody. But I also think it's an important verse for uh, for our men um, because um, I think I started off yesterday by saying um, the culture and the world and our government and the White House, what they're trying to do is to erase um, the f- facts with feelings, right? And how you feel this is this is what you should do. And our culture has a hard time with facts. And I, I said, here's something that we can't, the world can't exist without a man. Exactly. And it's true. Yep. Genesis 5 2 says, God created them what? Male, Male and female. female. And um, so yesterday I was like, how many genders are there? There's two. two. Not however many they, they say they are. So um, man was created by God. And when you say that you can have other genders and there's other, you can decide what you want to be. Here's what you're literally doing. You're denying the word of God. You're denying that God created you. Right. For who you are supposed um, to be. Mm-hmm. And that God created the male and female. In Genesis one twenty eight. It says, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and mod- multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mm-hmm. And so um, nobody gets to change that. Right. And God's word 
totally blows the liberal agenda out of the water. Mm-hmm. And if you follow the liberal agenda over God's word, you're always going to you're always going to be offended right. when somebody like me or anybody else or you stands up and yeah. says something that goes against the, yeah. the world. So, um, but I wanted to. So many times when we um, are growing up, we both women and men, um, you know, have said that um, you know I didn't get attention from uh, right. my father. Right. I never felt loved by my dad. My dad never said I'm proud of you. My dad never said I love you. And um, the the fact that I want people to get is that even though your earthly father may have messed up, yeah. your heavenly father has not. And he has shown you how much he loves you. He yeah. tells you how much he loves you. He shows you that in his word. He's, uh, God loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die for your sins, but he wants to spend life with you when right. you leave this world. Exactly. And so that's that's literally how much that that God loves us. And, um, you know, our culture and even our own government, they're, they're attacking men and masculinity. Right. And, as, and, and if you're honest about it, it's been going on for 50 years or mm-hmm. more with the feminist movement. And I can't remember the woman's name who started that, but um, it, it's all to take what God has created and to put it into something exactly. else. Like, have you noticed that over the last um, several years, it's toxic masculinity? Yeah. Yep. Why is it toxic? Yeah. Why is it toxic? Isn't that the way God has created us? Correct. Now, I know you're not supposed to be a jerk. Exactly. But I could say toxic um, feminism or to- toxic being, uh, you know, you're, you're toxic female. Right. I mean, I, you, you can't go against what God has created you to be. Right. And I'm sorry to tell you guys, God has made us male and female. And, and he's guess made what? us different. God, guys different. are going to be masculine. Exactly. Guys are going to be dudes. They're going to do guy things. Right. And women are going to do women things. Right. They're going to be more feminine than, than guys. And um, when you see a feminine dude, that totally goes against what God mm-hmm. has designed that person to be. And, um, you know, um, when I was growing up, if somebody was feminine and acted like that, mm-hmm. I mean, their dads would give them a knuckle sandwich. Right. Like, hey, stop it. Right. You don't you don't walk like that. You don't talk like that. Right. And today, you don't get that because most of the time, we don't have dads in the home. Exactly. So. And that that's the, the sad part. And you talked about that yesterday is the fact that you know, there are so many kids, especially, you know, young boys that are growing up without a father figure right. in, in their life. And, you know, back to what you were talking about of, you know, people saying, well, my dad wasn't a good example. My dad never loved me. My dad never did this to me. My dad, you know, the the truth is, is that people, if you put your, your trust in people, people are going to let you down every time. Right, your right. dad is going to let you down. I mean, I had a, a dad who, who was a great dad, still is a great dad, uh, was a good example. But as a father myself, there are things that I can learn from him and, and things that I can apply to me being a father, but I, I still have to look to the ultimate father. I have to model God and and learn to strive to be like like Jesus as a father mm-hmm. and not take my cues from because people are going to let you down right. every time. Um, and, and so, you know, that is the sad fact of today is there are so many young people growing up in in a home without a father. And that's true. And so my whole thing to yesterday was you're a wanted man because mm-hmm. somebody wants you, both good and bad. Right. So Satan for the bad wants you. Exactly. He wants to try to get you locked into your past. He wants you to think about how terrible life you have, all your circumstances, all the bad things. Uh, Satan wants you locked into, and I mentioned this yesterday, uh, your generational family 
issues. Right. And that right. happens. That gets passed down, passed down. And, passed and it becomes down, an excuse. Down. It does become, well, my grandpa was yeah. like that. It's uh, just the way it's who I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. Right. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, and if Satan can get you to be chained to your addictions or to, you know, your past or your circumstances, then here's what he's going to do. He's going to get you to mess up. He's yeah. going to get you to mess up because what de- Satan wants you to do as a man is to not be masculine, not to do the godly thing, not to realize where you came from. Right. Because when you get married, he wants you to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your family. Right. That's all he's about. Yep. And that's why I'm always telling people you need to, you know, you need to think of this in a spiritual uh, way because if Satan can get you to turn your back on your wife and you know step out on her, talk right. bad about her, right. treat her terrible, mm-hmm. get you to do the same thing with your kids, well then he's got you. Yeah, he's got you right where he wants you. And then I think I said yesterday that you know what's going to happen is your kids are going to end up looking for acceptance and love in all the wrong places as they grow up, and they're going right. to do that. I mean, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've I've talked to guys, guys said that their dads treated them terrible and. They're just trying to find validation, right? Or a girl has been treated mistreated by their dad, and literally, they're they've got father issues or what they call dad issues, mm-hmm. and they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. You don't want yeah. that, right? You don't want them to go down that road. You you want to make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do. So God wants you, and this is the per, this is the most important thing, mm-hmm. and I think this is the thing that we need to focus on because in Micah six eight again it says, "What does the Lord require of you but to do justly?" And I love that because if you look at this, what justly is saying is you need to do right. Mm -hmm. What is right? And so I gave a definition of right yesterday, and it's morally good. It's justified, acceptable, true, correct is fact. Right. I think that's pretty good. It is very good. Very good. Very good. You know, and and that's the big thing is you know that's what God has called us to do. He just he wants us to do right. You know, you going back to what we were talking about earlier. That's the reason why he gave. The Ten Commandments exactly was to acknowledge, hey, you know, I don't want you to sin. I want you to do right, and so right. thou shall not do this. Thou shall not. You you need to do this exactly. And, and from the beginning of time, that's what he's called us to do. You know, Adam and Eve had right. had a set of boundaries. It's like, hey, you can eat from any tree in the garden except right. that one. Right. He wanted them to do right. Exactly. And the problem with that is, is that. You know, we we have a tendency not to do right. We have right. a tendency to go the other way. And and I brought up yesterday that when I was younger, my parents explained to me how to do something. Right. Maybe step by step. You know, yep. you know, like for instance, like take out the trash. Okay, what do I do? Well, here's what you do. You mm-hmm. here's how you do it. You blah, 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 take it out. Okay, perfect. Well, six months down the road, hey, take out the trash, and I don't do it. Then I'm going to hear about it and right. get in trouble. And the same thing that God has given to us, just like with the Ten Commandments, where God's telling us, "Here's what you, here's what you should do." God has given us step by step instructions on how to live our life, but sometimes we just don't do it. Yeah, and I think a better word, not better maybe, but another word that comes to my mind is expectations. You know, those are expectations that God has placed. You know, your parents said, take the trash out. So maybe you take the trash out, but is part of the responsibility of taking the trash out. Once you take the trash out to put another trash bag in the trash can, exactly. that is one of my biggest frustrations. It's like, hey, can you take the trash out? Yeah, I can do that. And then I go in like 20 minutes later and the trash is gone, but I go to throw something away and I throw it in the bottom of an empty trash can. It's like, ugh. Why did you not? It's it's that's part of that process, and so it's that idea of expectations. And so once the now expectations I know how to really tick you off, right? This is great. Once the expectations <laughs> are communicated, there's so many ways to tick me off. I get have little pet peeves all the time. Um, but you know, once the expectations are laid out, 
then it's like, okay, if you don't do that, and you talked about this yesterday, there will be consequences. Right, and there are right. consequences. You said that. You know, we have to, you know, deal with the consequences of our actions. Um, for you and for me growing up, sometimes the consequences of me not meeting those expectations was um, a, a swift um, right. paddling on right, the backside. Right, right. You know, and, and so – I probably deserved more spankings that I didn't get. I agree with that. Um, about me or you? Well, you, but I, I okay. got hit quite a bit. But, oh, um, I did too. Um, um, but I deserved it. You know, I yeah. look back now and it's like that made me a better a better man because I I probably needed more. You know, um, I what I like about the Andy Griffith show, mm-hmm. and, and because they would never do this now, um, Andy would always look at um, Opie and say, you're in for a whooping. Uh-huh. I mean, can you imagine uh-huh. put that in a television show? Right. You're in for a whooping. Oh yeah. I mean, a whooping back then. You're like, uh, it's almost like you're getting beat, bro. Uh huh. And you don't do that anymore. No. Sometimes I think we need more whoopings. What do you think? I agree. Well, Paul. you do. I do. I do. Oh, I, I agree, Paul. Paul. <laughs> I was trying to be Opie. Um, but here's the thing. I think some of us, even I, I've done this before, where I know I should do something, but I don't. Right, and the Bible tells us in James four seventeen. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then do mm-hmm. not do it. I find that is a very humbling it. verse. It is because you're right. I've, I've done it before too, and yeah. And so I talked a little bit. I, I did. I focused on the guys a little bit yesterday because I think it's so important for our men to realize where they're at because they, they get mixed signals in mm-hmm. the world. And so I really, it's been on my heart. Like, yeah. I mean, we started like at the, in January with the men's Bible study right. and I, you know, we talked, went through that whole study there and I've done a couple messages on that. Cause I've just really, I'm really, um, feeling in my heart that mm-hmm. guys need to step to the plate. Agreed. And so I, I read again from Ephesians five twenty five. it says, husbands, this means that, uh, you love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave his life for her. Mm-hmm. This verse. That puts it in a perspective oh my it's convicting yeah, even it now is. to read it now it's can convicting for myself and that means you know as as husbands we have to sacrifice for our wives exactly. that's exactly what jesus did he 100%. sacrificed his life and so sometimes we have to make sacrifices for us but to your point you know you said that you kind of hit on husbands but even Allie and i were talking later in the day yesterday and she was like yeah that was directed at men she said but that was good for for women too yeah you know i like the the uh, Dennis Rainey quote was very, very good. good. He said, the same way Christ gave himself for the church is the way men that God wants you to give yourself to your wife. What makes this so difficult is we aren't thinking of giving. We are thinking about getting. I know I'm guilty of that. Exactly. And he says, you will be the greatest gift to your wife and family if you just do what God wants you to do. Simply point, put, yep. put do yep. right. Just do right. Just do right. And so this means that you prioritize yep. what uh, you you want to do. So, and I think the uh, not only do you do right by your wife, you do right by your kids. Exactly, and this is huge. This is huge today because, I mean, man, I'm uh, I know parenting is a little bit different than what mm. it was when I was parenting and growing up, and when, and when my parents were parenting, or even when I was. But the principles still apply. Right, you still have to do do your job, and so. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about yesterday that, you know, we focused a lot on children obey your parents. This is huge. You, you have to obey your parents. Um, for sure. But then in Colossians 3.21, it says, fathers, do not aggravate, which anger, yep. your children, or they will become discouraged. Yeah. And, um, and I, we talked a little bit about this already. I mean, about just how kids are so angry today. Right. Uh, across the board. Yeah. Even kids. Just um, because they're confused. They, 
They just don't know because they don't have a good example. I think not only are they growing up in single-parent homes without dads, why they're frustrated because I, I really believe it's a spiritual, biblical Agreed. thing that you need to have a dad and a mom in your life. That's what right. the way God has designed it. So they're angry about that. Mm-hmm. And so they're suffering for the consequences. Whether they know it or not. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and the other thing um, that I think adds to the anger of that is just the world. Right. I mean, they're so right. in touch with the world. I mean, you have an eight-year-old now can run computer systems and probably fly drones and everything else. When I was eight years old, um, like I was eight. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I was eight years old. I was a simple, simplified Mm -hmm. eight year old today. An eight year old is like a 20 year old that I don't think that uh, kids are to know the things that they are to know. Number one, I know some people are going to disagree with me. They're not mature enough to handle this Absolutely. stuff. They're not mature enough to handle sex and violence yep. and television and um, all the stuff that they have on their cell phones and games and all that. They're just not mature enough to right. do it. That's not the way that God wants them to be wired. And so we're pushing them too far. And then we put so many stipulations on our kids with sports. And so we jump right. from soccer to football to baseball to basketball. I'm like, really? You got to have them in all sports? Right, right. I mean, can't you ta- do, as you as the parent, don't you need some downtime? Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. This is crazy. Exactly. So they're angry. Exactly. They're absolutely angry. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I think you kind of get into this next is it's our responsibility as fathers, fathers and mothers, but especially, you know, talking to the men, it's our responsibility to point our kids to Christ. It's our responsibility to to train them. And you read that first from Proverbs twenty two six. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And the word train in that mm-hmm. verse is almost like a military training is what right. that refers to. Right. It's like, um, like a boot you're camp. boot camping. Yeah. And so this is huge. It's like you're always training them. You're not teaching them. You're training them. And, and here's what that takes. And here's our word again, but that takes intentionality. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't just kind of float through life and, and worry right. about taking them to soccer and baseball and jo- uh, basketball right. and everything else. We've got to be intentional about leading them to Jesus. Right. And, um, and that means kind of going back to the whole illustration with husbands, you know, you know, love your wife as Christ loved, loves the church. It takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice to train your right. kids as well. It sure does. And so, you know, we as fathers have to um, train our kids. I love the next verse too, Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. This is huge. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. That comes from God. The, right. It's And dads... Um, it's your job to teach your kids. It is. I yeah. love Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7. It says, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands uh, that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Basically, it's all the time. Yes. You're talking about God. And the word wholeheartedly means is that you're consistent. You're consistently talking about it. You're consistently modeling this. You're consistently modeling that God is real in your life. And so this is very, very important. Yeah. The Tony Evans quote that I used is awesome. And I actually pony backed off of his yeah. whole quote. Yeah. And, um, and I, um, I didn't literally steal from him, but I did steal some things, some, uh, not everything. So that's why I didn't like say this whole thing is on Tony Evans, but it wasn't, but I did take his quote. And I did break it um, down. Break it down. So it is it's, quote is, it's called networking. It's okay. It is networking. Right? Yeah. 
Um, you know, some people like Tony Evans, some of us don't. It happens. I, do. I like. I like him. Tony Evans. I, I do too. I'm jealous so, of his mustache. Well, and the soul patch. And the soul patch. Yeah, the soul patch. But Tony Evans said, "Men and dads, God expects you to guard, gird, and guide your children." It's probably the shortest Tony Evans quote I've ever the used. Three G's. The three G's. Guard, and gird, so and guide. We broke them down. Number one is guard, and um, this means that you're to protect your household. Yeah. Yep. Used to be you go to bed at night, you check your front and back doors, make sure your windows are locked, and you're like, hey, house okay, is safe, we're good. boom, let's go to yeah. bed. Now, with technology, yeah. you 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 have to go through so many things. I, said, I think I said yesterday, I said, anybody can come into your house day or night from anywhere in the country, yep. and you have no idea that, that they're in there. So when you lock the doors of your house now, it means you, what I say, you got to put a blocker or password on your, on your Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. You got to put a spyware on your computer, maybe a polygraph for the babysitter, and my favorite was maybe you need to get a private eye for the boyfriend, you know, they, something like that. Yeah. Um, you're going to need or that. Or just no boyfriend. Well, that's true, but I've told Jordan no boyfriend till, he, till she's 30. Uh, I tried that too. Yeah, how'd that work? Not at all. Oh, gosh. Yeah, not Thanks at all. For that. Luckily that I held her off till she was 17. Exactly. But you're right. You know, it is our responsibility to guard our kids, and that looks so different today than it did 10 years ago, 15 right. years ago, 20 years ago. Um, because technology is at a place where, you know, and you mentioned it, um, you know, that may, may mean that we get rid of a TV subscription. Um, you know, we've talked about that. We've oh, done, yeah. we've done that. We've oh, canceled yeah. things. Um, the, the world is all about the cancel culture. Guess what? I can do I it too. Their culture, right? I canceled right. their culture because they're trying to parent my kids. And it's like, right, no, right. you're not, you're not the parent of my kids. So we have canceled things in our house. My kids weren't happy about it at first, but at the end of the day, my goal, my job is to guard them. It's to protect them. And your goal is not to make them happy anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and, and what you said is they're not mature enough right. to receive it right no. now. And so it's our responsibility as men to protect our families, to protect our kids. Well, it, it goes back to it's you know it's the dads and, and and also mom's job to make sure that nothing's leading your kids away from God. Exactly. And um and some parents literally have told me, you know what, I, I don't want to invade their privacy. How about that one? Yeah. And, and I think I said yesterday, they have my, no privacy. Yeah, like, my kids, my kids had no privacy. Right. Their business is is my business, and um, because it was my job to make sure nobody snatches them away from God. Yeah. And so, um, you know, guarding is making sure that you are involved in every aspect of your of your child's life. Mm-hmm. Because I think I said this yesterday too. If you don't like it or don't want it, get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter what they say. You're not there to make them happy. You know what? This is not a democracy. Yep. And this is not up for vote. Guess what? I'm yeah. I'm the owner. You're ten. I am. Yeah. I. This is a dictatorship at right. this point. So enjoy yourself. Right. Um. This is pretty much what it is. Yeah. And it all and charge. it all goes back to leading them to Christ too. Um. But yeah, the reality is is that it's our responsibility to set those guidelines, you not know, pa- the world. Parents are like, well, I'm afraid I'll hurt their feelings. And hurt be- their feelings. Hurt their feelings. And beyond that, I've heard this so much, but you know, and I've seen it. There are so many parents that, well, I just want my kids to be my friends. I want to be their best friend. Our role and responsibility is not to be my kid's friend. Do I want my kid to like me? Do I want my kid to love me? Do I want my kid to be my friend? Yeah. Jordan and I will sit down and listen to baseball or watch baseball all the time together. We're friends, but that's not my number one responsibility. Right. My number one responsibility is to lead her, to guide her, to protect her, and, and, and it's not to be her friend. That's down there. You know, I want her to like me. But that's, I'm not worried about that right now. Exactly. Your job is to, to help her grow as a, as a young, as a young lady. And, right. Um, but I will tell you what will happen eventually when she's sitting in, in at 25 years old, mm-hmm. she actually will be your friend. Yeah. 
she'll be calling you out a note for no right. reason at all. Be like, right. Hey dad, how are you doing? I want to, you know, you, you guys will be, yep. you know, be joking around and all that. And that's more important because mm-hmm. if you are trying to be her friend now without any guidance, yep. I'll guarantee you this 99 out of a hundred times, she won't be your friend when right. you're 25, right? She'll be along gone. And because you, you have taught her to be selfish. Exactly. And so if you get that under control now, Guess what? She will be your friend, right? And it'll be a For long sure. life friend, exactly. You know? So that that that's very important. So, so dads, make sure that you are guarding them. The next one is gird. Gird. That's a weird word. It is. It is a weird word. It, you know. You know what I think of when I hear that? Curd. I think of cheese curds. Now I'm hungry. Thanks. Down at the. Uh, where's that at? We get the cheese curds. Oh, the at, cheese uh, curds from. Um, um, oh, they're good. GNR. No. Oh. Who has the cheese? Where is the B Dubs has cheese curds. Do they? They're okay. There's somewhere else recently that I got cheese curds from, and they were really good. But there's a place down at Young's Dairy. That's it. That's what I was thinking of. That's Young, the place. Young's Dairy yep. has like if if they sold them by the five gallon bucket, like that's what I would. That's get. down in Springfield. Springfield. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is a good place. Yeah, that's. I always forget about that. Those place. those cheese curds are awesome. Maybe we should take a, a stroll down there sometime. Yeah, we should. But anyways, they got great burgers too. They do. They're really good. Burgers. Have you ever had the cheese curd burger? I'm not. I have. It's good. It's good. But anyways, we have to gird. Hungry. We have to gird our kids, not curd them. <laughs> Ephesians six thirteen through fourteen says, "Take up the whole armor of God, not just some of it, not just the ones that you want. Take thing. up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth." And so the unique thing about this passage of Scripture is Paul is describing a Roman, Roman soldier, soldier yeah. and he's describing what that actually means, girded uh, your waist with the truth. And just uh, – I gave the snippet yesterday, and so I'm going to give the snippet now, and you know this too, but um, around their waist, um, you know, they wore kind of a longer – like, like a robe, like a, a tunic. Robe, a skirt, yeah. Tunic. And so what they would do is they would pull that up and tuck it down Not into their waist. Did you say skirt? Their, yeah, it's not a skirt, but it's like yeah. Don't a kilt. say that. It's, it's a kilt. A kilt. And they would tuck it into their belt. Number one, when they were going into battle, because they didn't want somebody to grab that and pull them down. Right. And number two is if they had to run, they didn't want to trip, trip over, over that. It. So they're girding themselves out. So it's right. like a protected type thing. Even though they need it, they'll pull it up. You know what they needed? You're going to tell me an Afghan tights. Oh gosh. <laughs> or your Richard Simmons. Uh, imagine the or booty my, shorts. my Richard. <laughs> Oh gosh, with tights underneath of them. Oh gosh. Anyways, I'm just kidding. You talk about, but yeah, no, I you need girded. That's what I do you now. Have. I do now. But I love that that analogy of the Roman soldier because you know you think about that. They wanted to be able to move as effortly as possible, and so to be able to get all of that out of the way and not have it in a, as an obstruction, not right. to have it as um, as something that could co- uh, compromise them. Right. Right. You know, they allowed to, you know that belt to help get them to keep that out of the way. Exactly. Protect them. And, and and the thing about dads you have to understand is that you are to prepare your kids for conflict. Yeah. You're to prepare them for battle. And a lot of times we're like, well, you know, I don't want them to go through anything bad. I want them to be comfortable. I, I don't want them to have to if – if that's your goal, you're setting them up for failure. Exactly. Uh, you have to prepare them for conflict yeah. in this world because if you don't – you're setting them to fail in their life because they're always going to have conflict. I mean, one of our favorite verses to quote, it seemed like we do it every week. Jesus said, in this world, you yeah, will have trouble. many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I love the John, uh, John MacArthur quote. Yeah, I do too. He says, through struggle comes real strength, and struggling means you're going to be uncomfortable. 
It's going to happen. Exactly. And so but, your your job is to teach them yeah, to yeah. be. Yeah. How do you respond? Yeah. Yeah. How do you get through it? Exactly. Uh, it's not to be happy, but you can have joy. It's right. not to be happy, but it's to to continue to um, you can have peace. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But you're you're probably never going to be really happy, right? Because I, I always correlate happiness with my feelings, right? And if I'm going to be really honest with you, I am not happy about 90, 95% of the time. Right. 5% possibly. Like when I go to Mrs. Yoder's, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, you will be. I'll be, I, the world will just shut down. So for that time frame of however long I'm there, an hour, happiness, like you would not believe. But, and I'll be jealous. Well, <laughs> yeah. With your foot bath and your, I need one of those. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally was guide. Um, and, and it all really, all those three words, they really tie together. Yeah, but, they do. But we, we have to guide, guide this our is children. actually to, to, that you show your kids that, um, how well you follow Jesus. Exactly. Christ. It's not like you're telling them to do something. Right. You're the example. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that idea of Paul of, you know, follow me, um, model me as I model Christ. And that kind of goes with the first Corinthians. Exactly. 11, three. Don't you love the scripture? I do. I mean, this is the order. Yep. There is one thing that I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Mm-hmm. That sets it up. That sets it up. Which you follow that with the Vadi Bakum quote. So good. You can read it. So good. He said, men, you have zero right that anyone follow you until you prove that you can follow Jesus Christ. This is not up for debate if you call yourself a Christian. Well, that pretty much laid it on the line. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, people, guys will say, oh, you know, women are supposed to submit to me. Right. As you submit to Christ. Exactly. Because if you're not submitting to Christ, they can actually, they, they, they are your wife. Correct. But if you're not following God, then it's up to them to help your family follow exactly. God. Right. So they'll submit to you as you submit to Christ. Right. And that's how that works. Exactly. And that's 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 the beauty of how this works. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's saying. God's word is absolutely true. But if but we in our own world, like going back to the very beginning with the whole feminist thing and taking away masculinity, um, you know, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. You're not my dad. Right. No, but as I follow Christ. Right. It, it's a succession. It is. It is. And so it's it's so important. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the whole thing is that if, um, you know, we we just do we, – we just have to do what God tells us to do. Right. And, um, you know, when you open up God's word, guys, and even ladies, and you start reading, you're going to find out what God, what God thinks about you and right. how much he loves you. Yep. And, um, and, and I think that sometimes we use excuses, you mm-hmm. know, we use excuses at the point to where, you know, you don't know what I've been through, you know, how I've grew up, you don't know what I go through, you don't you know my thought process. Yep. And, and those are all excuses. Yeah. Those are all excuses to, to get you to, to convince yourself, I don't have to do what God wants me to do. Right. Because you have given yourself, like uh, I think I said yesterday, you can't grade yourself on a curve. Exactly. It is you. You 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 follow the Bible, and and that's um, all you do. Mm -hmm. And if you've actually come to Jesus Christ, um, then you've been to the cross. You've been saved by His blood. Right. You you know what you're supposed to do. And and I said this yesterday that God's word doesn't say that you are a rebuilt version of your old self, but the Bible says you're absolutely brand, brand new. Yeah. And one of my favorite scriptures, I know it's yours. Mine too, yeah. Second Corinthians five seventeen. 
This means that if anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old life is gone and a new life has mm-hmm. begun. We got new in there twice Brand talking new. about life. Yeah. Your brain's you know, I love new. that idea. It's it's not you're not a rebuilt person. You can't because if you're a rebuilt person, you're going to cling to some of those old ways, that old mm-hmm. self. And and God saying, "No, you have to leave that behind exactly. completely and allow me to give you that new life." So I talked about, uh, to close kind of the, the message up yesterday, I took probably about five and ten minutes to talk yep. about um, Jacob and Joseph and that whole story. And I actually did this justice. I gave the very cliff-noted, cliff-noted yes. version yeah, well, that's a, such of such a huge story. account. It is. We'd be there for ten weeks talking right, about it. Right. But I literally gave a cliff-noted version of, of this story. But I think the Bible um, sets a good um, point of how Jacob is and how we are, too. Right. And, um, and if you know anything um, about the story of... Um, Jacob, um, you know, you'll know that he was the father of Joseph and, um, Jacob is a twin to his brother Esau. And, um, I, I told this yesterday and somebody told me yesterday, I didn't know this about them, but when he was born, he came out holding his brother's foot. Mm-hmm. And so Jacob's name literally means deceiver, trickster, or liar. And so it's, that's what a crazy name, right? Right. But Jacob has this encounter with God and he is in a wrestling match with an angel and he actually beats the angel in the wrestling match. And so in Genesis 32 verse 28, the angel says, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God with men and have won and now if you remember jacob's name means literally you know deceiver or liar and now he's given a new name and it's called israel which means prince with god so i likened this yesterday like jacob's like dr jekyll mr hyde exactly and um he's got two people living in him one is the flesh one is the deceiver one's the liar and the other who wants to be close to god and who is a prince of god right um isn't that all of us Mm -hmm. are you dr jekyll and mr hyde yes Dr. Jekyll and Granny Hyde or Granny Hyde. But you you know what I'm saying? It's like we're we all have that inside of us. You 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 we're born in flesh. We have the things that are the flesh. We want to react. We want right. to go with our feelings, we want to go with our emotions. It doesn't seem right. But then we have the part that we want to follow God. We love Trust God. God. We, we yeah. understand yep. what, how much God loves us. So there's kind of this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde going right. on in this. So Jacob has a son named Joseph, and Joseph is his favorite. Mm-hmm. And we know the story of Joseph getting the coat of many colors. And when Joseph was a teenager, his brothers hated him, and they wanted to kill him. And, and so they almost did. They almost did, but they decided not to, and they sold him into slavery into Egypt. And so the boys go home, and they tell their dad that Joseph has been killed by a wild animal. And... So then, years later, this is the cliff-noted version, which I hated doing yesterday. Yep. They end up coming before Joseph, yeah. and they stand before Joseph, and they recognize Joseph him. has worked his way up in Egypt to, like, second-in-command. Second. And he reveals himself of who he is. Yep. And it's very tense. So they actually go home, and in Genesis 45, they tell Jacob, hey, Joseph is alive, and he's the governor of all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news, and he couldn't believe it. And then I read from the New King James Version that said in the same verse, Genesis 45, 26, Jacob's heart stood still. Mm-hmm. And this is after his name had been changed to Israel. Exactly. But, but they're referring Jacob. to him as Jacob. So anytime you read the word Jacob, 
it's talking about the man of flesh. Right. Anytime you read the word Israel, you know he's talking about the man of God. You're talking about the, the spirit of God. Because when it says Jacob's heart stood still, he knows what his brothers have done. He knows what's going on. He's thinking Joseph can right. kill us. Joseph exactly. has the power to take us, take the literally, right. take, us, take out. us out. And then two verses later. Two verses later, the spirit guy kicks in. Yep. says, then Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go see him before I die. So right there. I don't know what the time was there. I don't either. But it couldn't have been that long. No. You know, he went from the man of flesh where Jacob's heart stood still to him saying, you know what? Exactly. Israel. Exactly. The man of the spirit. It is enough. And so I, I Jacob got a second chance there. Right. Literally. Right. And so my whole point to close everything down yesterday is who needs a second chance? Mm. Everybody needs a second mm-hmm. chance. I need a second chance. You need a second mm-hmm. chance. And um, but we have to put away the flesh. Right. We got to put away the the uh, the part of us that uh, allows us to go away from God. And, and I love I love Jacob or Israel's response. It is enough. It is enough. It's enough. And I and I love that to the point to where. I think some of us need to yell that out loud in our own life. It's enough. I'm going to follow right. you, God, no, no matter what. Right. I'm not going to let my past, my circumstances, anything yeah. get in the way of And what you're saying when you say that is, you know what? Okay, it is enough. God, you're in control. Exactly. I, I can't be in control. None. I have no control over it, so it is enough. You're exactly. in control. And, and, it, and, I mean, I know you believe this, but if, if anybody listening, if you believe that with God all things are possible, it is going to be enough. Exactly. First Peter one three. I love this verse. Mm-hmm. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great, great expectation. It's good stuff. You know what? It's enough. It is. It, it's it's enough. Yeah. And so I closed out with a verse yesterday that I think is good. And yes. Jesus, um, you know says in Matthew nineteen twenty eight, Jesus looked at them intently and he said, humanly speaking, and I added this right. in the verse because I wanted people to say, the, this That's is the, the flesh. flesh. Um, this is the flesh because when you look at things in the flesh, Jesus is like saying, it is impossible. Yep. It's impossible. It, it is possible. But with God, I put spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the spirit part. Everything, Everything is possible. And so I closed out with this question, who needs a second chance? I think we all do. Absolutely. And I think the thing that I think that we all of us, no matter if you're a man or a woman, everybody needs a second chance and everybody needs to do what God has called them to do. Yeah. And it's the most important thing that you'll ever do. To be Absolutely. To. And that's the thing, too, you know, speaking to speaking to our dads, speaking to our moms, um, no matter where you are, no matter, you know, how old your kids are, it's not too late. No. You know, it's not too late to to start over to to have that new life. Yep. Um, you may feel like it is, but it is enough. Exactly. God's in control. 100%. So well there's said. no better day to start than today. Well said. Thanks. You said that so well, I think you should preach Sunday. I think I will. Perfect. I like it. It's enough. Everybody's going to stand up like, it's enough. It's enough. Halfway through your message, it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> if I go long enough, they might. <laughs> so that... And saying that again, I want to very, I want everybody to come here. If you can't be here, tune in at uh, ten thirty and on August the twenty seventh as we wrap up our sermon series. Grab bag. I've enjoyed the series. It's been Actually, good. I had several people yesterday saying they liked it. I like the are trash bag a, series. Are we go, yeah, exactly? Are we going to do? It, <laughs> are we going to do something like that again? 
Um, I had several people say that it, they, it was great not really knowing what was coming up yeah, until they got right. here. So um, hope you plan to be here. And the big thing for Brandon is, are you lost? Are you lost? And if you're lost, Brandon will help you find the way. Yeah. Sunday. And if, and if you're not sure how to get here, the address is on the website. Exactly. Women at the Well is uh, this Friday night, August the 25th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Also, we've already talked about the fair service. If you mm-hmm. don't have your tickets, your passes for September the 3rd at 10 o'clock, make sure you get them. You can pick right. them up Sunday or yep. you can stop by the church uh, to get them. Uh, you can check out our website. We have several Couple Bible studies for women uh, that's available. Uh, there's one on September sixth, another one that starts on September the eleventh. So go online, check out all of the details about that, and then something else for women. Boy, they keep those ladies busy. Don't they, they do. They do. My goodness. Uh, September the eighth at six p.m. is called Campfire Conversations around the fire pit out back. So yeah, you can sign up at Richwood.Church forward slash women women. And then, hey, also, I know they have the um, – Was it what is this Friday? Is that Women at the yes, Well? Yes. Or Campfire Conversations? Women at the Well. Um, this Friday also is our fifth quarter, first fifth quarter of the season. It'll be after the North Union home football game for middle and high school students. Nice. It'll be out at the fire pit. Um, there, are, there are rumors of some glow-in-the-dark kick uh, – not kickball, but soccer. Really? And by rumors, I mean I may have ordered a glow-in-the-dark soccer ball. Should have got that flying thing my granddaughter had. That, that would be, be awesome. That thing is awesome. Yeah, so that's for middle and high school students. I right. don't know that there are any middle and high school students that listen to Grounded, but maybe there's a parent there. Or that, a grandparent. Or um, a- after the game this Friday night until 11 p.m. Sounds like a good, a good time. time. It'll be a good time. I'll be it's past your bedtime. I'll be camping, too. And it's past your bedtime. It is that. It's past my bedtime. Honduras Sunday is going to be sup- Sunday, September the 10th. Uh, it's the week after our uh, fair service. Fair service. It's going to be in both services. They're going to give you an update on the trip this past summer and things that are taking place over there. Um, we have Night of Prayer that's rebooting on hey. Tuesday, September 12th, 6 p.m. Going to take place around the RCC Fire Pit. That place is going to be being being used, right? Yeah. Uh, we could start a fire. We could. That okay. That would be awesome. We'll do it. it. Don't, I won't let Clint do it. I'll, I'll take okay, care of perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah. And then again, make sure if you um, check out the volunteer opportunities that we have. We'd love to have you guys involved with us and serving. And not, we're not asking you to give your life nope. or your firstborn. Nope. We're just asking you to help out on a couple things that need to be helped out yeah. with. So we are long in the tooth today. We are. We are long. So you just want to wrap it up? It's enough. It is enough. It's enough. They're saying <laughs> it's enough. Everybody's like listening, like it's enough. It's enough. Stop. <laughs> exactly. I think if we wrap this up soon, we will go less time than last week. So really, yeah. Don't um, don't overheat. I hope you have a great time. Thank you. I will. It's a great and country. I, and I hope you get your sermon knocked out. I know you will. And I'll be praying for you sometime between now and Sunday. And I really do hope everybody shows up. I hope we have five hundred people show up on Sunday. I just freaked Randy out. Randy's like, do not wait till Sunday to get that thing done. I need the outline. Randy's toilet is still right now. <laughs> it's enough, Brandon. It is get enough. It in this podcast so I can get my notes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. Craig, you have a great week. You too. Thank you. See y'all.